Guys and girls, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast, episode 89. Thank you so much for sticking with us for uh, for this long, almost two years. So we, we're super excited once again to be recording this podcast. We got somebody special. But first, my co-host, P. Ross, how's it going? Yo, it's going great. How's everyone doing out there right now? We are in the building. I sure. think I think everybody's doing fantastic. So, P. Ross, we got a, we got a return guest, a very special yes. guest. Yes. So, as always, do the introduction. Uh, our guests always love it. So, do your thing, man. Right now, we have a serious player in the watch game. Okay, mm-hmm. we have the co-founder and CEO of Christopher Ward London in the building. <laughs> Mr. Mike oh, France. Yeah. Uh, how How are I you? compete with a build-up like that, guys? I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> hey, I feel like I'm just walking out in uh, into Wembley Arena. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you're you're a special guy, Mike. Uh, and I, w- I was telling you offline that the reception from having you last time was amazing. And this morning I posted uh, the C1 Moonglow, a picture I had from when I had a chance to review it. And I got to tell you, every time I post a picture of that um, of that watch, it gets crazy amounts of likes and love and comments and and my video got a a great reception and p ross too i mean it's it's crazy what you guys are doing and people were like hey say hi to mike for me there's actually a pastor that has a youtube channel that's into watches his name is uh, tim from reflections on faith and he's like hey say hi to mike for me i'm like okay (laughs) will do (laughs) hi to tim Tim. so uh how you been I've been good, thanks. Yeah, I mean we're um, we're gradually moving out of um, out of the pandemic here uh, in the UK, um, and it's um, not quite normal, but getting very close to normal. Um, okay. I'm going to gigs again. I'm going to a, a concert at the Royal Albert Hall tonight with Simon oh. Rattle, listening to the uh, London Symphony Orchestra. Do a bit of Stravinsky, um, and so with a full full audience i'm going to watch my favorite team everton play brighton next week full nice. crowd so things are um things are pretty pretty normal let's hope and pray that they they remain like that really yeah, yeah no I, sure. I i agree well well things for us here in the u.s are weird so things are definitely kind of back to normal and normalizing but with this whole delta thing going on is just crazy and mass mandates and i don't know about the rest of the world but one of the unfortunate things at least here in the u.s that this whole covid created or in the mask is political divide between people and and that's what it's turned into and it's sad right because at the end of the day it's it's about your health not about politics but absolutely it's just crazy yeah the moment uh governments start playing politics with our health um yeah. It's a worrying time, isn't it, really? So, I, I, absolutely. I here in Ohio, uh, Friday, we had 3,000 new cases. Oh, man. Oh, so it, it's going up again in Ohio. So. Yeah, here in, uh, so here in California, the kids just started school two weeks ago. And last week, there was a huge report. Not uh, Here in Southern California, uh, a high school had 300 students quarantined because of a case and it's kind of scary because my son just started school elementary school and it's it's like man why can't things just go back to how they were you know this is yeah yeah it was hard but enough it's, as it's, it was. It's, it's the it's the it's the kids that have suffered the most i think in yeah. all of this and um, they've missed schooling they've missed social contact and we know that social contact at a young age 
really is one of the most important things that we can give our children. So um, yeah. for them, let's hope that it, uh, it returns to normal very soon. Yeah, let's hope so. But uh, let's get into this wrist check. I am very curious to know what you guys are wearing today. So, Mike, you're a guest. What are you wearing? Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, I'm wearing a very unusual one-off watch, which is um, nice. A watch that we did some time ago uh, called the C9 Jumping Hour. It's our own caliber JJ01 Jumping Hour, which is uh, very one cool. of the most accurate jumping hours um, ever created. And uh, we did it initially in stainless steel. Okay. Um, and then we were going to bring out a gold limited edition version, but we only ever produced the prototype, and I have this prototype wow. on my wrist. We never actually brought it to market. Wow. Um, and the okay. jumping hour caliber is, um, is rested at the moment. Um, it probably will make a return in one form or another um, in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, so uh, occasionally uh, I, I, I like to wear this particular watch, which... Uh, is uh, is a very, is a favourite of mine, but as there's only one of it in the world, it uh, it uh, nice. if anybody's listening, there are a few people who've made me offers of quite a lot of money to own this watch, and I'm not giving it up. So, wow! <laughs> so right. there'll be a few people who are a little uh, little envious that I'm wearing it today. Mm. There you go. That's okay. nice. Is well, that that's a, a f- that's, that's an exclusive flex on the SoCal yeah, Watch yeah. Reviews podcast? That's what's up. Yeah. Wow. One, one, the first time it's ever made an appearance anywhere on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Four, 14 carat? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it, this is, yeah, actually 14 carat. Yeah, this is mm. the, uh, this is the prototype. So, um, that's incredible. Um, as I say, we only made the one, um, but and we went and, and we've rested, we've, uh, we've rested this particular design. But the jumping hour is, uh, we're working on something. A collaboration at the moment which i won't go into because okay. it's it's confidential but we're working on a collaboration where i'm um, hoping we'll bring the jumping out back into uh into reality sometime in uh, 2022 so it's I... a great caliber and uh, the the creator of the caliber johannes janka who was our master watchmaker at the time um he was um the closest thing to a genius that i'll ever ever work with probably um i may have mentioned him when we yeah. first spoke i don't know but uh um, he built a module on top of a 2824, that's, um, and, uh, which we, we own the, um, the copyright to, the, I, the IP rights for. Uh, and we, I don't know if you know, there aren't that many jumping hour calibers around. Right. There are a few. Um, historically, it was quite, a, it was quite, a, quite an important um, caliber and movement. But virtually none of them actually change absolutely on the hour every hour they're always a little time delay either they're a few seconds early or a few seconds late and we wanted to make the first jumping hour that absolutely clicked over precisely on the hour and that's what this does and so it's it's i say i you know i'm not elaborating i'm not um um, you know, gilding the lily by saying it's it's we think it's the most accurate jumping hour that's ever been created, which is something we're quite proud of as a small yeah. independent brand to have done. Really, I no, gotta for clap sure. that up. I gotta clap that up. Yeah, that's, that's remember y'all saw it here first. That's incredible. <laughs> I heard it here first. That's incredible, Mike. I mean, obviously, we know uh, jumping hours are always reserved for like the the higher tier of uh, horology, right? So to know that you guys have the power to do that that's incredible and mm. and i could uh i could attest to this that 
So last time we talked, I'm like, I never seen your watches in the metal and this and that. And that all changed, right? So we 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 had you on the on the podcast and then Rosie she's awesome by the way so rosie <laughs> yeah rosie's send me the c1 moon glow to review and i was super impressed right so when i got it from the you packaging to the actual just everything everything about it I put it under macro and i'm like all right so i get it now i get that that christopher ward is just different different level right and then p ross you had a similar yeah. experience right yes freaking awesome just yeah, um, play, I'm really pleased. Yeah, really it's, pleased. A, it's, a, so, it's one of my favorite watches. I don't just say that, but it's a, it's a, it's a very, very special watch. The Moonglow. Yeah, once you see that loom, though, it's incredible. Like pictures don't do it. Pictures and video don't do it justice. Like in person, it looks crazy. Like you're like, man, this looks so cool. Like I don't, and just how that particular model, how versatile it is, right? It looks elegant, but a little sporty and playful. It is a bit, it's kind of a, an interesting mix, isn't it? it it's uh, it's not a classic dress watch, which you expect no. the moon phase watch right. to be. Um, possibly because, of, well, I think largely because of the uh, the focus on the, uh, on, on the loom, really. It yeah. transcends into it being a sports watch. Um, and I think that's what's caught people's imagination with it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm especially pleasing. I mean, we launched it um, for one of your country's um, greatest achievements uh, in, in, you know, come, uh, you know, celebration of the 50th, la- 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon um, back in 19. Um, and uh, you know, that, that gave it a sort of a, a resonance, I think. And yeah. um, it, it launched, <laughs> if you'll forgive the pun, it launched extremely well. Um, and has continued to uh, continue to sort of capture people's imaginations ever since. It also um, was the first watch that we worked on that had this sapphire dial treatment. Mm. Uh, And believe me, it it took a long time to perfect it in the, uh, in the moon glow. Um, But having perfected it, it's given us a whole new world of, uh, of sapphire dials um, and, and, you know, given us several watches since, including one that we're going to talk about later. But uh, cool. And so we've become expert at, or I'd like to think at least we've become expert at, um, at sapphire dials, certainly producing sapphire dials at accessible prices because they're not easy to, uh, to deliver uh, at any price. They're very difficult. Uh, it's a very difficult substrate to work with, especially when you're talking about the level of um, sort of uh, parameters that we're working to in, in, in engineering, and um, you know, the, the, the moon glow went through many iterations before we managed to stop cracking the dials. <laughs> oh man, I, <laughs> uh, bet. The, the, I the, bet the the development costs were far higher than I'd anticipated. Mm. Yeah, it looks very intricate. I mean, the the details on the moons and everything is just you you could tell you guys spent some money on that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, so you it's cool. It's cool watch. It's cool watch. Definitely, P. Ross. What are you rocking today, man? I am rocking the vintage Tudor Aqua. Nice. Yes, sir. Very, Very nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, rocking the Tudor Black Bay 58. So I can't seem to take this thing off. Crazy value. How do you, let me ask you something. And I, I really want to get your opinion because you are an open guy about everything we talked about uh, last time, Rolex and whatnot. What's your opinion on Tudor? I think Tudor are uh, truly excellent watches. Um, um, I'm also pleased to say that we um, we are our cases come from the same place that Tudor's cases come from. Really? So wow. yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't suppose um, I don't suppose they've ever um, said 
they're proud that their cases come from the same place that Chris Ward's come from. But um, um, but we know that the quality of them is outstanding, just as we know the quality of our cases is, is similarly outstanding. And I think they have, in the past, what, five or six years, they've reinvented the brand. Um, yeah. And instead of being a poor man's um, Rolex, which yeah. is how they were largely seen. I think they've reinvented themselves to become a really substantial, appropriate brand in their own right. Um, and in some ways, I think, you know, have moved ahead of Rolex. They're more adventurous. They're prepared to take more risk with design. Um, and uh, personal view, um, I prefer the look of many um, Tudor sports watches to, to anything else out on the market. So I'm a big fan, big fan. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, I see. <laughs> so we last spoke uh, about the C, what was it? The C63 Sealander collection. Uh, you had a lot of different models. And from what I could see, I actually had a few friends pick a few models up. Uh, great success. But what, and I'm just curious, what was the most popular model ever out of the whole collection? Uh, most popular is the GMT. Okay. Um, in terms of um, cash sales, the most popular in terms of unit sales, because it's several hundred pounds or several hundred dollars cheaper, uh, mm-hmm. is the automatic. Um, so two, all three have, um, including the, the Elite, which is the titanium version, have exceeded any expectation. We've wow. sadly be, we don't play the sort of um, the game that some of the brands play, which is um, creating demand by being falsely out of stock when we're out of stock we genuinely are out of stock <laughs> like to <laughs> good to know order. um and uh, anybody who knows um and visits our site regularly will know that we we sold out of a number of the gmt options um, very quickly um and they don't come back into stock until uh, uh early october end of september oh. early october mm-hmm. so it it was a uh, an astonishing launch and i think i probably said to you we were looking it was a it was a key new platform for us rather than just launching a a new design of a watch this was a key platform um that was a gap in our in our ranging structure um right and it looks like uh, it looks like that's what's happened that we now have a a new platform and there are some additions to that platform uh, coming shortly um mainly uh, mainly color options um uh, in uh, in the autumn so uh, it's uh, which we weren't going to do unless the whole thing had proved to be successful. So uh, you'll see some new color options in both the automatic and the GMT mm. arriving uh, in October of, uh, late of this year. So uh, wow, fingers okay. crossed it continues at the rate it started because it's been uh, it's been really 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 good for us. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I, I the, the word on the street is that Christopher Ward is great quality for great money, and I think it's, as long as you guys keep doing what you're doing, your your reputation is just going to continue to grow. And obviously, in our inner circle, everybody talks about Christopher Ward very highly. And when we talk about micro brands, Christopher Ward really doesn't get brought up in that conversation because we view you obviously as an independent, which is a great kind of place to be, right? Um, because I mean, we're talking. You're above a lot of. I'm not going to name any names, but in our opinion, you're above a lot of the rest of the of the, of the other guys out there, and that's a good thing. 
And I personally aspire to own a Christopher Ward. I just don't know what specific model because there's so many to choose from. But at Mm -hmm. one point, one will make itself into my personal collection because I just I love the design. I love what you guys are doing. And I I like you as a person, too, Mike, obviously. And I could stand behind (laughs) you because that makes a huge difference. I mean, think about it, right? There's some brands out there, and again, I won't name name any names that I like their design and and I like what they're bringing, but because of management, because of who owns the company, unfortunately, it it turns you off as a collector. And you're like, I don't know if I could stand behind that. I don't really like that person's attitude. So by me having this watch, it's almost well, it is supporting that person, and I just don't feel like that's what I want to do. You know, Absolutely. with your company, it's completely different. So uh, it's very very uh, very humbling to. Hear that um, and a little embarrassing so thank come on you. Really, come on mike really <laughs> no it's, it's very ki- it's very kind of you thank you thank you okay Absolutely. it's the truth <laughs> we know that cw has partnered in the past with britain's ministry of defense and with the blue marine foundation can you talk about last year's partnership how that came to be and what the success was with the blue marine foundation um phew. One of uh, one of life's uh, nice nice accidents, really. Um, in okay. some ways, um, I was at a music festival in um, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and uh, I bumped into uh, one of my daughter's best school friends, who was with her new husband, and uh, Dan Dan Crockett, his name is. Um, Dan and I were talking and I was asking him about what he did. And he told me he worked for uh, this charity called the Blue Marine Foundation. Um, Explained to me what they, uh, what they did. And I had, uh, I had um, been living in a house um, on the coast for, uh, for a number of years. In fact, we owned the seawall and we were that close. Mm. (laughs) We we had our own sort of beach in front of it. It's amazing. We only sold it in the, in uh, December of last year. Um, uh, but uh, so I'd, I'd also been very aware of, um, of um, climate change mm-hmm. because I was living so close to the sea, literally. Yeah. And over the yep. 15 or 20 years that we'd lived there, um, it was very clear. You could see and feel the changes that were occurring um, through the sea. We were also, mm. uh, it was a beach uh, and we would regularly um, pick up the plastics from the beach, and the amount of plastic waste that was landing on the beach was, oh, wow. was just astonishing. And so I was sort of conscious of, like everybody, I mean, you know, I think you've got to have been living in a cave for the past 20 years not to realise that the, uh, you know, that the, 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 the climate is changing, that the, um, the global warming is a, is a reality, and that uh, if we're to have any chance of surviving as a race, um, yeah. you know, had to do something pretty quickly. Yeah. You guys in California will know that better than most people, um, mm-hmm. you know, given some of the um, some of the, the wildfires, etc., that you guys have been right. suffering during the last several years, and particularly this year. Um, so, so climate change was in my was in my psyche. I'd also um, learned how to scuba dive um, back in um, 2015, 16. Cool. And I'd been diving um, diving in um, in the Maldives. And whole tranches of the coral reef were completely bleached out. Oh, yeah. man. Um, just gone, dead. And when you dive and you see a 
coral reef that's in good health, which is just an abundance of color and of fish. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a micro world, you know? And yeah. then when you see a completely dead, bleached coral reef, you realize, and that's caused through the warming oceans, which is caused through the warming earth. And yeah. um, then you realize that this is really happening. So when I met Dan, it was a, um, it was sort of a, a, a number of things brought, came together and um, we decided, um, and then uh, again, something, my eldest daughter happens to be an opera singer. Oh. And she, um, she um, was, um, was about to, uh, or six or nine months hence, was about to um, take the lead in a brand new opera um, called Anthropocene. Anthropocene, um, the name is given to the age that man is uh, responsible for, the first age that man has been totally responsible for the, the change in the world that we live in. Okay. Uh, and this, this opera was touching on um, climate change issues. And so when I talked to the composer of the opera about, we wanted to do something um, with him and said, look, we'd like to donate, we'd like to create a watch uh, called the C65 Anthropocene. And um, we'd what we'd like to do is to, to donate an element of the proceeds from the watch to a charity that you would choose. Um, and he bounced it back to me and I said, well, look, you know, how about the Blue Marine Foundation whose who's, who's whole efforts are about trying to reduce overfishing because over, overfishing is one of the, the key reasons that the, um, that, the, the, that the oceans are beginning to, to warm. The, the whole ecostructure of our oceans uh, is changing because of largely huge um, overfishing, particularly by trawlers, particularly um, in the Southeast Ocean, uh, Southeast Asian mm -hmm. oceans. Um, not, not entirely, but, uh, but there's some real, real, uh, real problems occurring in, in Southeast Asia. And um, so we, we did the C65 watch. We donated um, to the Blue Marine Foundation. The watch was a great success. Blue Marine, we then started to work with the Blue Marine Foundation, found that we had so many sort of um, like-minded views um, and wanted the relationship to continue and be ongoing. So last year we developed um, a watch, the C60 Blue, which was a sapphire-dialed Trident, C60 Trident Pro, which we produced a limited edition number of 500, sold out in weeks. Um, and we learned watch. a couple of things. We learned that our customers really appreciated and bought into environmental issues. And okay. uh, the rate, the velocity of the sale of that watch was quite spectacular. It was a great looking watch, but, but there was something else going on as well. And we right. donated all of the profit, all of the profit of that watch um, to Blue Marine Foundation. And for a small independent brand like us to ultimately yeah. have given a donation of um, you know, $350,000, which is what we donated, was, 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 I was very proud of that. And so were, so were the team in the business. And so as well as learning that our customers um, really bought into and wanted us to do more eco um, biased products. It was also really encouraging to find that the team at Christopher Ward themselves really, really bought into this whole project. 
And so we were looking again for an ongoing, um, an ongoing relationship. And as it happened, um, our, um, our major um, strap supplier was a, was a supplier, a Swiss supplier called Brilova. And the two senior guys at Brilova, Thomas Scorry, the CEO, and Mark Krebs, the CMO, they had set up um, hashtag Tide Ocean Material. Okay. Um, because they had been witness to what was happening in uh, parts of Southeast Asia, were, uh, again, as a result of two things, really, huge overfishing by the trawlers. Secondly, huge amounts of plastic being deposited into those oceans. Whole tribes of people who, in particularly around the archipelagos of Thailand and the Philippines, who'd been for generation upon generation providing a living for themselves um, by fishing, yeah. were no longer able to do that because of the overfishing, the trawlers taking all the fish, and the plastics getting in the way. So Thomas and Mark had this, I think, brilliant idea of, um, of incentivizing those same fishermen working with Thai and Philippine um, cool. social enterprises incentivizing paying those fishermen to instead of fishing out fish to fish out plastic hmm. so they paid them the same okay. amount of money to and they still do to fish out plastic from the oceans that they pay hmm. them to fish wow. out um to fish out fish so not only is it employing those people and giving their 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 communities um some some prosperity again and allowing them to 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 continue it's also doing this wonderful thing of of taking plastics out of the ocean, which is was killing the fish that were left anyway. Yeah. What happens is those 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 um, those fishermen they fish the plastic out, they sort it, um, they shred it, um, and then it's sent to the University of Applied Sciences in um, um, in Bern in Switzerland, who today are the only place where this ocean material can be upcycled into um, usable um, plastic. So some of it gets recycled into injection plastic. Um, some of it gets cycled, recycled into yarn, and some of it's recycled into, I forget what, but, um, but, the, but the yarn is then used to create, as well as, uh, as, well as bikinis, uh, now <laughs> straps. Yeah. Awesome. And yep. um, so we decided to literally tie in with um, with with um, a Tide, uh, and we have produced, I think, the, the 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 biggest range of upcycled ocean plastic straps that um, that have been produced anywhere. And as part of as part of what we're now doing um, and launching in. Um, on the 27th of August, um, we're producing a watch called the C60 hashtag Tide, which is again based on a trident. It's got a brilliant sort of organic pattern. Yeah. Um, sapphire dial. Dial is in another development in terms of sapphire. I'll talk to you about it. So really, I'm really pleased with with what the guys have achieved with the with the new dial because it's the first dial that we've done a printed SLN loom onto in an organic wave pattern which is obviously very appropriate for the, right. the watch 
but uh, on the back, as well as the deep stamped um, hashtag that's the symbol of Tide. We've also got a piece of injected plastic, a ring of injected plastic that's um, ketoned in the Pantone of the watch. And we will, of course, have a, a range of, um, of Tide straps to go with the watch. But as of now, um, we've decided that all Tide straps, and this is a, com uh, a joint effort by us and Tide, us and Tide, for every Tide strap we sell henceforth, whether it be on a C60 Tide watch or just on any other watch, uh, or as an individual strap, we will donate uh, five pounds jointly to the Blue Marine Foundation because obviously this completes the circle of, of relationships. Course. You've got the Blue Marine Foundation who are largely um, you know, driven towards trying to reduce overfishing. You've got Tide that came into existence largely because of overfishing and the increasing amount of plastic. And you've got this in up, truly upcycled product, some of which the, uh, the revenues are now going back to the Blue Marine Foundation. So there's this lovely sort of circular uh, pattern that's going on um, and but at the, at the center of what we're about to do I say I think we've got a an absolutely brilliant looking watch um, which uh, yeah. you know, I, I think again it's an open series um, we didn't want to sell this out in weeks we wanted we wanted it to go on for some time um, okay. and hopefully it's going to be um, it's going to be a real a real winner because if it wins for us it wins for uh, the Blue Marine Foundation as well it looks awesome, to be honest with you. And I have some facts about hashtag Tide that I want to share because I thought these were pretty interesting. You already hit on some, but let me tell you, this is straight from, I guess, uh, the email that I got from, from Christopher Ward. And basically, just three bullet points. The first one is hashtag Tide Ocean SA collects plastics waste from the ocean along coastlines and uncontrolled landfills, along with scientists at the Swiss University of Applied Sciences, has developed a method for repairing and upcycling the damaged plastic into high-quality uh, granules and yarns for new sustainable products. So obviously, you covered that, and that's what you're using the yarn for, for your straps. Second is uh, for the work that hashtag Tide has received. Uh, they actually, for the work they've done, they received the German Metarilica Design and Technology Award in 2019, the Swiss Plastic Sustainability Award in 2020, and a Hong Kong International Business Award. So bravo to them. And lastly, hashtag Tide processed more than 15 million plastic bottles in his first operational year alone. It's amazing. Very remarkable. And um, so you said these straps will be sold individually as well? On your website? Yeah, they're uh, already available. Um, you can okay. um, buy them on the site. Uh, we're producing uh, one specifically for um, for the, the the Tide watch, but a number of other Tide straps are appropriate for it as well as the Sealander collection and the rest of the Trident collection. Um, I, you know, I, the, when you think about them being upcycled um, ocean plastic, you get a sense that they're going to be, I don't know, a bit, uh, a bit shiny, a little bit rough. No, they, they feel they have, they have the texture of a canvas. I mean, it's quite remarkable. Um, the, what, what the, 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 the cycling and the process has done. They, there are, this is a proper knitted tight canvas feel. Nice. Okay. And yet it's sun resistant. It's water resistant. Um, because it's plastic based. So I, I, I think of them as the new NATO straps, honestly. Mm. Um, and with our okay. quick release system, of course, you can change in and out of Tide into 
bracelet into leather into anything else you wish but i do think that these are um the, the these the tied straps are are if, if you didn't know they were upcycled plastic you'd still be interested in buying them because they're that good okay um and uh you know the 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 fact that they are um help helping in a small way i mean none of us are none of us are kidding ourselves that we're saving the world <laughs> <laughs> but, but we we kind of I think all of us, um, you know, the guys at Tide, Mark and Thomas, the guys at Blue Marine Foundation um, and, and, and the guys at CW, all we want to be able to do is do our small, our small bit um, yeah. because, um, because that's all we can do. And, and, and this is one of those rare occasions that, that things came together uh, and it's one of these sort of genuine um, symbiotic relationships that seems to to really be working but i'm i'm full of um, full of awe for what uh, thomas and mark have done with tide i think it's quite remarkable yeah no so for sure with uh with you witnessing firsthand uh what's going on with climate change what do you say to people who don't believe it that is happening hmm. there's That's a lot a, of them. it's a really good <laughs> question p ross um i i suppose if <laughs> It's quite difficult, isn't it? Because um, yeah. if if people choose, I mean, you know, how do you how do you um, how do you convince flat earthers that the Earth is round? Um, right. How do you convince creationists that of Darwin? Um, right. I mean, if people choose to ignore the data and the science, there's nothing you can you can do that can convince them otherwise. All I would do is ask people to read and look through the scientific evidence. Because if you are disposed, as I think probably the three of us are, and the majority of the world is, if you're disposed to believing in science, um, then, then, as I say, you'd need to be living in a cave not to know that the Earth is warming up and that the reasons for the Earth warming up are man-made. Um, and that unless we restrict the temperature gain to one and a half degrees centigrade by 2050, which is already looking mm. pretty difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah. Then we are in for, you know, we're going to be in for a rough ride between now and 2050, even if it, we, we limit it to one and a half degrees. That's, that's a given. You know, we're seeing the results of that. I think we're, what's happened is we're at, um, I think, 1.1 degrees um, above um, the so 1990 levels now. Um, they're forecasting it to at the, at the rate of increase at the moment to go above 1.5 by 2050 but mm. we can do something about it um, we know that um, there needs to be a huge political will and I believe in pressure from below um, rather than uh, relying on our the good and great of our leadership uh, which sometimes um, doesn't quite live up to um, what we'd like it to live up to and uh, so the pressure yeah. for change nearly always comes from below. And so it's the likes of you, me, and our friends who need to insist on change. You need to, even if we change some of the, the smallest things, and you can do really small things to make a difference. You can eat less red meat. You don't have to give up all meat. You don't have to become a vegan, but you can just eat less meat. You can do small things that can make a difference. You can buy a watch with a tied strap. It ain't going to change the world, but it's a small thing. And if all of these small things were added together, 
uh, you know, are added when they are when they are added together, they do add up to big change. But it won't be governments, I think. I think uh, whilst I hope that the political will will be there ultimately, it won't happen unless we insist it happens. And it's consumers who will change. You know, um, capitalism isn't going to change its ways. You know, um, globalization isn't going to change in a in a nanosecond. You know, we but we as consumers we have choice and we can choose to do and buy certain things and not buy certain things and our choices will ultimately be the, the reason for change you know today i can go and buy um a green electricity yeah as opposed to coal-fired electricity yeah i have a choice as a consumer i can do that right. I, I choose to do it. It's a, it's a little bit more expensive, but so what? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all I would say to people is, is, is really you need to understand what options you have and as a consumer, what choices you have to make. And if we make most of the right choices between now and the next 10 or 15 years, then I, you know, there is a reasonable chance the scientists tell us that we will keep global warming down to one and a half degrees which will give us all a chance for a, for a fantastic future, which I'm optimistic about because I do think uh, the world is beginning to realise that doing nothing isn't an option. And we can all be cynics and we can all be deniers. But even if you are, and, and it's good to be sceptical, mm-hmm. even if you are a little cynical, even if you are a bit sceptical, why would you take the risk? Why right. would you yeah. take the risk? No, I agree. Especially if you have children or little cousins or whatever, like think about them. Don't be selfish, right? Because look how bad it is for us, right? And this is all because of the people that came before us and we need to make a change. And I, I definitely commend you for, and you, your company, you and your company for what you guys well, are we're doing. We're only doing, we're doing a very small amount. I mean, I don't want to put us up there as, you know, some bastions of, brilliance about this but we do we're just trying to do our small bit um and it is a small bit but at least we're doing something right well as long as the guys the guys in the business the guys in the business insist that we do yeah it's not about me it's about you know our people want us to do this and i think most people working in most organizations now want their own organizations to be responsible and to be held accountable for doing the right stuff and if you're working in an organization that isn't Tell them, yeah. Well, it's all those small contributions that makes it big. You know, yeah, right? I, I c- completely agree, B. Ross. Completely yeah. agree. It's 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 just you know we do we we as individuals can make a difference not on our own but when linked to all to everybody else we make the difference. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And these are not, these are not. I know it's heavy stuff, isn't it? For uh, <laughs> <but it's, laughs> oh, yeah. it, there, there is nothing more important in our world. It's it's more, more important than selling a few watches. It's more important than uh, Everton winning the Premiership, which is not going to happen anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know it, none of these things really matter compared to what we're confronted with, and we have a profound, profound responsibility to look after the Earth that we've inherited for the future generations that are coming behind us. So as you quite rightly say, um, so all we can do is our small bit. And if we're not doing our small bit, someone needs to tell us. Okay. 
sure. So it's, it's fair to say that uh, Christopher Ward will continue to do something perpetually to keep just helping the environment just in different ways. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we, 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 again, I think that there's a danger with all of these things that you can spread too wide. Our focus is, is primarily on the blue Marine foundation. Okay. Um, we, we've got a real, um, really strong bond with them now. And so we will funnel our, our, our climate change efforts one way or the other through them, uh, including our relationship with Tide, which, as I say, us and Tide are ultimately donating money from the sale of every watch to the Blue Marine Foundation. So we don't, this is, you know, as provided they'll continue to, to have us as a partner, we will be um, Blues, they, 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 they call themselves Blue, they, uh, from Blue Marine Foundation. We'll be Blue's partner um, for as far into the future as, uh, as I can see. Um, and it means that we have a real focus. And I don't think people quite yet understand, not, not enough people, although it's beginning to change, quite understand the importance of the oceans in keeping our climate to 1.5 degrees warmer. Um, the, 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 the oceans have always been this huge carbon sink um, and when we, when most people talk and um, and think about um, climate change, the the images that come into play are, you know, sort of um, uh, burning gas on rigs or uh, you know big aeroplanes taking off from uh, from JFK. You know, we think about those as the sort of the symbols of climate change. Actually, perhaps the biggest single. Um, issue in climate change is the, the warming of our oceans and uh, until we and, and and only now we're beginning to understand the importance of that and uh, Charles Clover who is the founder of the Blue Moon Foundation he was a, a journalist for many years for um, he was the environmental journalist for the Daily Telegraph which is a, a paper in the UK a, a broadsheet in the UK and it was about uh, 10 years 10 and a half years ago that he left to form BMF, Blue Marine Foundation, largely because he, he really understood that the oceans and overfishing of the oceans was reducing the ability of the oceans to retain carbon. And it's largely the trawlers. You know, what's happening is that they're, as well as sucking up huge amounts of fish, they're also disturbing the beds of the oceans and destroying the forests that live under the oceans, there are huge forests, mangrove forests, sea kelp forests. These um, forests are being destroyed literally in the, in, you know, in the thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And because they're not visible, you know, we, we, see, we see what's happening to the Amazon rainforest and we see from satellite pictures the change and therefore we, we kind of respond to that. Because it's under the water, we don't know and we don't see what's happening to our oceans. The destruction of the ocean beds is far worse than it is of rainforests. And yet the importance of the ocean bed to, to, as a carbon sink is far more important, twice as important as rainforests. Not generally understood, I think, by, by most people because it's been hidden away because we don't see it. Um, and it's and what Blue Marine Foundation are doing is, uh, with others, um, is bringing the world's attention to to this fact. And it's um, 
I'm pleased to say that uh, COP26, which is the big climate conference that's taking place in Glasgow in Scotland mm -hmm. in November, um, that will be, I think, uh, one of the first times that the oceans are right at the top of the agenda. And that's in no small part okay. of the work that uh, Blue Marine Foundation have done. So, uh, you know, uh, and, and those, 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 one, one thing I should push as well is that we've, um, we, we produce a quarterly magazine at Chris Walpole Loop, which is okay. a free magazine we send out to our database um, every, uh, every quarter. Very and, nice. uh, the next one goes out on the cover of the of the September one, which I've got in, I've got here. Is um, this goes out to this week? But what we've done this week th with this issue, it's been we handed over the editorship to the Blue Marine Foundation. Okay. So in here, there are articles um, about um, carbon in the sea, about awesome. um, uh, fads, which is uh, which is um, which is um, another major issue going on in the. Indian Ocean. These are fishing aggregate devices known as FADs, of okay. which hundreds of thousands are just left floating around to land on islands in the Indian Ocean. And one island, for instance, is now completely <laughs> under this these FADs. It's, a, it's, a, it's incredible. I haven't heard about them until yeah. um, the guys uh, produced an article for us for the magazine. And so we're very proud to have given Blue Marine Foundation um, access to this. And, and in the introduction, what I say is, um, you know, the reason that we did it is because the clock is ticking. No pun intended again. <laughs> um, but, but with the United, with the 26 United Nations Climate Change Conference scheduled for November in Glasgow, and with time running out for the world to avoid the worst consequences of global warming, we felt an urgent need to do our bit by bringing, it to, by bringing attention to what seems like a pivotal moment in our planet's future. So that's why we've devoted this issue of loop to, um, to the Blue Maroon Foundation on Climate Change. Very nice, cool. very nice. Cool. And I was looking at your website, and for anybody interested, you could go to the Christopher Ward uh, website. You could see the straps that you're talking about right there. So it's like a canvas material, but it's not a NATO strap. It's like a, a two-piece strap, right? It kind of appears. Correct, yeah, that's right. It has quick release system on it. It starts off at uh, 20 <laughs> millimeters, and they offer it in 22 millimeters as well. You also offer a version with a real bronze buckle. And yeah, these things look really nice. They start off at 60 pounds and they go up to, I believe, 80 pounds. So if you, if you want anybody listening, anybody watching wants to be a part of this and you don't have money to buy a watch, uh, maybe, you know, pick up one of these straps. They actually look really nice. You were right, Mike. I mean, they, they look pretty supple. Uh, yeah, they look cool. They look cool for uh, 60 cool, bucks. They cool um, really are. Yeah, no, I think everybody yes, needs sir. to do their part. And I know obviously we're here to talk about watches and that's fun and all, but obviously our environment and our future is a lot more important than anything else. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, from me personally for what you're doing. And I know you keep saying, yeah, they're really nice right there. I'll throw a picture in the video so people could see them. Right. But um, 
Yeah, what what you're doing, I know you you said a small, but in in our opinion is huge because it's not just you as an individual, it's your entire company. So bravo to you. And I hope more watch companies uh jump on this and not just as a one-off, but hopefully well, they and, and, involved, and a shout you know? out, a shout out. There are watch companies doing some really good stuff. I'm I'm really impressed with the work that Oris have been doing for yeah, a while of yeah. on this stuff. So it's not just Christopher Ward. Um, right. And I do think in some ways um, there are some watch brands out there who are really, really uh, sort of pushing the boat. There was a piece of um, research done last year by, I think, Morgan Stanley, um, mm. the investment bank. And yep. um, they do a regular sort of annual review of the watch industry. And they interviewed most of the, um, most of the Swiss, the CEOs of um, most of the Swiss watch brands or a, or a large number of Swiss watch brands. It's okay. taking a long time to talk to all four or five hundred of them, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seventy percent of those that they spoke with put sustainability as the number one or number two strategic imperative awesome. for their watch brands, which tells you something that the you know the, the watch industry is 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 generally speaking, I think, now becoming really conscious. And if they're not, they're gonna lose their consumers. And it doesn't really matter why they're doing it as long as they're doing it. Because, again, the pressure from below, consumers now expect uh, and will be demanding of the brands that they take this seriously, you know, from the packaging through to the materials that you use. And one of the great trends of the next 10 years is going to be provenance. Yeah? Where are you getting your stuff from? Yeah. Who are you, who's supplying it to you? How do you know the dyes that you're using for your for for the for the for the um, for the, the dials that you're you're manufacturing or the strap tanning that you're using how do you know where the dye runoff is going into right. uh, which rivers is it going into is it being processed before it's going into all of these questions consumers rightly are going to want the answers to and i think it's historically the watch industry has been historically very closed I'm very reluctant to speak out about some of these things. Now, with good reason, some of them, by yeah. the way. Some of the practices are not acceptable in the 21st century. I think one of the next big changes that's going to occur is that honesty and openness will be forced on to the industry by the consumer, back to pressure from below. Yeah? It, it's, it's because yeah. the consumer will demand to know more about where, what, what the practices are of the brands that they're buying from if those brands do not agree to be transparent, those brands will lose custom. And that's yeah. the thing that will drive change. It's pressure from below. It's always the consumer. The consumer has power. We just don't really, really understand it sometimes as much as we should. Yeah. And I think one of the easy and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously I don't own a or run a watch company, but one of the one of the easiest ways maybe to change uh, or a watch company could change is the packaging. Right, because that you leave a lot of carbon footprint, and Omega, I'm looking in your direction. Holy smokes, those guys send like a whole crate <laughs> just to get a, get a watch, which is awesome. I mean, it, you're you're paying for this, and it's nice to get this nice, elaborate, you know, cool looking package. But ah, is that necessary? No, I I rather that money go into the watch and the mechanics rather than the packaging and also i know horace i forgot who was doing something that was biodegradable so if you you threw it away the packaging or with the outer packaging it would just disintegrate into the earth so i think that's probably 
where they can start most of them. I mean, I'm just making an assumption. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And again, one or two are beginning to, to pick that up. We, we, we created um, a new form of um, biodegradable packaging ourselves. Um, cool. A friend packaging about uh, introduced it, I think, uh, in May 2019. Um, when we launched, uh, relaunched Trident uh, 3 or launched Trident 3. And um, it now uh, we send every watch out in this packaging. It took um, it quite a long time to uh, create it, but we, it's a combination of um, biodegradable plastics and, um, and um, um, what a, um, wooden uh, wood that's biodegradable as well. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's gone. Um, <laughs> but but um, we we offered. Um, it took a long time working with um, with with packaging company to come up with it. Yeah. And um, we offered it to. We said we didn't want to own the rights to it, but we offered it up to the industry to okay. in a in an open letter to the industry saying, look, we've created um, this really uh, eco friendly packaging. Um, if anybody's anyone's interested, we'd be delighted to share what we've learned in the process because it was quite an extensive process, and uh, most of the most of the um, the praise really ought to go to our senior designer um, Adrian Bookman, who uh, spent months and months and months working on this. Okay, um, and um, nobody nobody took us up on the offer. Still haven't really. Nobody, nobody's nobody's even asked about mm, it. Man. Um, which is a shame, really, because it's uh, it's it's we think it it was the first truly um eco-friendly luxury watch packaging um anywhere and again for a small brand like us to be the leaders in that is ridiculous i mean there's there's, there's no way we should be leading the way but in the absence of anyone else doing decided we would do it um and it's and it, and and i don't think you've seen the packaging now i don't think you i think you'd agree it doesn't reduce the the desirability of the of the product at all um the, the packaging right. is um, it's really, really probably good. Right. Well, especially Ooh. if you're if you're buying it and you know as a consumer that you're helping the earth, I think it's a commendable thing and you get a luxury watch out of it. That's cool. It's like, honestly, I'm looking around. I don't even know where the packaging for my stuff is. It's put away somewhere and it's like, there's no point to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, yeah, you know, the, the thing that, um, that we would, I don't know you like me, I... I'm a big Apple fan, yeah. <laughs> a huge fan of Johnny Ive. Their packaging, I have to say, just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just that, you know, in the suction when you when you when Yeah, you the suction, it, right? Oh, yeah. That was just well, and we set out to replicate that. Yeah. I think we kind of did. But the thing about all of Apple's packaging, it's all terrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, none of it is eco-friendly now if there's one company in the world that ought to really go and do something it's probably them it's them yeah. <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, the only thing i'll say is i've got every single apple box that i've ever ever been delivered yeah okay um because they are just so i just love them. he the just pa- plays the with the design them. of the packaging is just <laughs> so good uh, and adrian we worked, Adrian worked tirelessly with the, with the packaging company to achieve that with our own box, but with sustainable materials. Very cool. Um, and that's, um, that's, what, uh, that's what he and they achieved. And uh, again, I think they should be very proud of that. Um, 
and, I, and it's a proper luxury box. I mean, nobody would think that this is a system. It's 99 point, it's about 99.8 sustainable. The point two that isn't is the glue. And um, okay. we've yet to find a glue that we can use that, that holds things in, in shape and doesn't degrade very quickly. Um, and we're working on that to try and get to 100% sustainable. At the moment, it's about 99.8% okay. sustainable. But the glue is not. So that's the that's the next piece of work. Also, I'm interested because you know how it's it's we reduced the, the, the footprint of the package by 40% with the new packaging, which was also shipped around the world, and that is a carbon footprint in its own right. I'm interested to hear your point about wanting smaller packaging. I th- I think the next step is 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 can we create, you know. And I think people like, um, I think Breitling have done some really good work in this regard. You know, can we, can we coax, coach, train our consumers to accept their watches in, in almost watch size packaging, which again mm. would, reduce, um, would reduce the sort of uh, the carbon footprint enormously. Um, at the moment, the research we've done says some people want it smaller, but most people want to see this box. I'd love, I'd love that to change, and maybe that's maybe we need to challenge ourselves and produce um, something even smaller, and maybe give people the option uh, going forward of having either. I think that's what Breitling have done, and I think that's a a really smart thing and a good thing that they've done, and we can learn mm. from that. Something that I've seen in the microbrand world that I really like is these companies are giving us these reusable kind of like travel pouches or travel rolls, if, yeah, if yeah, you will. Yeah. And yeah. even if it's for like a single watch and then enough space for like a strap and maybe a tool. And then that way, when you ship it, the watch maybe ships and they're very small, right? Because that way you don't have to have the, the entire watch just kind yeah. of laying. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, a really interesting idea. And, um, yeah. I think that's the next challenge we've got. So yeah, we're not could, there yet. Yeah. I was going to say you could use, you can knit that canvas with this tied material and then the outer box could be just, you know, disposable, but it could be, you know. I'm that, just going to write that, that down because that's a really good idea. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think in my opinion, and that's, that's what I would like to see. I don't really care about the outer packaging, but I do care about the presentation of the actual watch. You open it, you have a reusable thing that you could uh probably say hey yeah, my Christopher Ward watch is in here so just my two cents <laughs> no no thank you I've, I've written it down literally <laughs> nice nice uh all right mike well anything else we're we've reached our hour mark we don't want to take up too much of your time this has been fantastic as always anything else you want to share where people can find christopher ward um no i mean christopherward.com um mm-hmm. go there if you uh, if, if you uh, if you don't buy anything. You can always um, order Loop Magazine, um, and uh, which is complimentary, and you'll get to know everything that's going on in the world of Chris Ward and some things that aren't. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a it's a it's an eclectic magazine. I think it's uh, some people think it's good enough to be on the newsstands. Um, and um, if you if you're interested in watches, not just Chris Ward, I would encourage people, even if they don't buy a watch, go and get a free magazine from us. I am. Uh, I have the tab open, and as soon as we get off uh, this call, I am ordering one. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I love what you guys are doing. I love your mission. 
but um love your watches too obviously all the technology and everything (laughs) i know i'm not just saying that because we have you on because we're very selective as to who we bring on who we don't so obviously having you a second time is because we really connect with you and with your company and with your mission obviously you know so thank you so much for coming on well i mean thank you and but it is genuinely a real pleasure pleasure to talk to you guys as well because Uh, I, i know that you're doing this for all the right reasons as well there's many yeah, people absolutely. in the world of watches and watch journalism who are not doing it necessarily for all the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, you guys are. And uh, so, you know, I'll always be available to come on and talk. Thank uh, you. Whatever you want to talk about. It's a, it's a pleasure. It really is. Cool. Oh, thank you. P. Ross, where can people find you? Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Okay. So SoCal Watch Reviews for me, uh, YouTube channel is growing and our social media is is growing on Instagram as well. And it's awesome because uh, the bigger we get, the more people could, uh, the more people we could reach, especially with messages like this. We talked about watches, but that wasn't really what this conversation was about. It's about the earth and saving where we live and for our future. So Mike, Thank you again for coming on. You're welcome anytime. And and your team is awesome, by the way. So just kudos to everybody thank over you. there, Christopher Ward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening and watching. And as always, stay humble.